Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. You know, you might think about taking Jesus Christ as your Savior instead of fooling around with all this stuff. Ah, Jesus. This is Dirt and Sprague. I like him very much. He no help. You trying to say Jesus Christ can't hit a curveball? With Andy Dirt Johnson and Brendan Sprague. What the hell's going on out here? Well, Nick's scared because his eyelids are jammed and his old man's here. We need a live, was it a live rooster? We need a live rooster to take the curse off Jose's glove, and nobody seems to know what to get Millie or Jimmy for their wedding present. Dirt and Sprague on 1080. That's all we got. One damn hit. You can't say damn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. The fan. The summer wind. All right, welcome back in. Hour number two. Dirt and Sprague here on 1080. The fan, Portland sports leader, the Odyssey app, and 99.5 HD2. The Blazers last night. Boy, what a doozy. Yeah, 37 <sighs> from uh, Anthony Simons. Yeah, Jeremy Grant was great again. Jeremy Grant with another 30-burger. Yeah. He had 69 points between Simons and Grant. That's pretty good. It's pretty nice. Nice. And they blew, what did it get to, 18 or 19? I think it was at 18 in the uh, third quarter. I saw 18. I just wanted to make sure. They blew an 18-point lead to the Clippers without Paul, uh, Paul George, without Kawhi Leonard, without Luke Kennard. And, uh, you know, I... Kind of said it half-heartedly, but uh, Norm Powell revenge game happened. 22 points in the fourth quarter for uh, the Norman Powell as he comes back to Portland and says he loved Portland and he's still trying to sell his house. So if you want to buy Norman Powell's house, (laughs) it is available. Those interest rates are crazy, man. It's funny. I remember the quick piece on Norm and Norm's life and his family. I do, too. It was funny just thinking about that piece because there's a blurb in there about his parents or his mom and his sister. And they live in Portland and he's got the house and he's invested here. And then, like, fast forward eight months later, Norm's like, I'm trying to sell this house. Anybody want to buy a house? (laughs) But he comes in here and he drops a 30 burger and the Clippers... They beat the Blazers, who uh, they've hit the skids a little bit. They're eleven and ten now. They were four and five at home. I was told yesterday, by the way, I don't want to get into the attendance stuff. I was told that place was seventy percent full. Yeah, it did seem like it was a little sparse watching on TV. I I'd be curious again. Maybe that's the price point. Maybe it's whatever. But that's fascinating. This team's likable. They they're fun. They're different. I think I think it's two full, well, three full. One price point's always the most important issue, and I don't think the Blazers have lowered prices any time recently. Uh, if you're a fan that follows, you know that nobody's playing for the Clippers. So I think there's a different attendance number if Kawhi and Paul George are in the lineup. That mm-hmm. is a watered-down version of the Clippers. That All right, Norman Powell got the last laugh last night, but I don't need to spend top dollar to go watch Norman Powell play. And you know that Damian Lillard's still out. So the, the face of your franchise,
Otherwise, it's also not playing okay. in the game. Touche. But they blew an 18-point lead. Yeah, it was 91-73 with yeah. three minutes to go in the third quarter. Yeah, and after that, it, it won the same. They got outscored 36-17 in the fourth. Uh, I know yeah. where I want to go with what happened last I'll let night. Swag, Swag's boiling ready to go. I'll yeah, let him go okay, first. Well, Swag. there's two things. One, that was the first time I was really looking for Shaden Sharp to step up, and he didn't give him anything. Okay. Now he's a rookie, okay. and he's going to have those things. But there Chauncey was a, had some moments where he was pissed at him. Uh, and I think that was more on the defensive end. Yeah. Um, I already have a rebuttal to your first point, but that's But that's okay. fine. <laughs> I, I, and I'm not saying – I was saying that was where you needed – those guys needed a break. They carried you in the third quarter. They built the lead. They needed to take a breather so they could come back in the fourth, and there was nothing there. Josh Hart was playing on half a leg. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm surprised he even came back. He looked like he rolled it pretty good in the first half. Uh, but no, once again, the other guy that you needed to step up and abuse Zubots at the other end and take his legs out was Nurk, and again, he played like a six seven little B. And I'm tired of it. I can't watch it anymore. Move his ass, sit him on the bench, do something else. The problem is, is as as much as we all love Drew Eubanks, yep. he's six eight and a half. He's not six eleven. And if he was six eleven, he'd be starting. So I don't know what Joe's got to do. I don't know what the market is. Fortunately, his numbers look far better on paper than when you turn the video on. But I'm tired of it. As you should be. Uh, he he was he was really bad. He was charm and soft again last night. Uh, he has been basically all season. He'll have that one game every four games where you're like, ah, oh, look at that. Nurk showed up tonight and he dominated. How about that? When he came out and it, how many threes did he attempt in the first like four minutes of that game? Hey, if he's wide open, he's been hitting him. He's yeah. been hitting him like a fifty percent clip. If he's wide open and the ball <laughs> goes inside and comes out to him, fine, shoot him. But- I almost feel like the worst thing that happens is him making one because then he wants to keep shooting threes. And luckily, just- only shot three of them. Yeah, and all three of them came in the first like ninety seconds of the game uh and again i mean that didn't kill him it's just little stuff like that i don't i know i'm old school unless you're a guy that can actually shoot it at a 40 percent, 42 percent clip he was at 50 percent his I percentages know. do back him up to I, shoot the I, shot okay as long as That's it's fine. coming out of the offense he's not jacking it up trailing with 19 seconds on the shot clock I'm then anti. fine i'm still anti nurk at shooting threes i, I think is that it is because it looks so weird him it's because it, it looks weird and i think his the averages will even out with him he is not going to shoot that high of a percentage from three all season. But, and so there's going to be a lot of misses to get down to where he's going to finish this year. But it, it might not, actually, because his volume isn't very high from there. So his percentages might not drop as much as you think. It well, would. remember this. Okay, I'm, I'm yeah, filing yeah, yeah, this yeah, away. Okay. I don't want Yusuf Nurkic shooting okay. three-pointers, all right. uh, despite the fact that he's made like four of them on the year and everybody okay. gets excited when he shoots a three. Okay. Uh, but he, w- I mean, he was mainly at fault last night because the two guys that you've been able to rely on, despite your ups and downs, I know Anthony had a rough game in Brooklyn on Sunday. But when you get Grant and Simon's going for 37 and 32 and dominating the game for stretches, if it was mostly Grant early, Simon's in takes over. It just, I mean, watching those guys operate was a ton of fun. And both of them making statements that were all star caliber guys in the Western Conference. Uh, to not have anybody else help out, and that mainly you look to Nurkic first, Hart was banged up, Winslow's not going to be much of a score. Like you just needed somebody else to give you something, and you didn't have it last night. Sharp's going to go through his ups and downs, but that was easily the worst loss of the season for Portland. Yeah, I, I, to, yeah, to a shorthanded I, I Clippers team with an 18-point lead in the third quarter, yeah. you had a rough road trip. You're trying to like, all right, we're home. We get a win. We're still right in the mix of everything in the West. Like things are going to be – Dame's coming back. We're going to be okay. Uh, to, to blow an 18-point lead, is that was rough. Yeah, 30 or more in every quarter except the fourth quarter. They, they went completely cold. It, it, look, um, I think it's really tough to go too hard on the team. 
Now, I don't mean to sound that like an excuse there, but they, I mean, they are quite literally dealing with massive amounts of injury. Oh, I understand that. Your superstar player is not here, and Haynes is saying he might come back on Sunday against the Pacers. We'll see. Maybe he will, but what's he going to be? And, oh, by the way, I don't know about anybody else. I got red flags. I love this dude. I don't ever want to trade him. I want him to be a statue out in Moda Center. I want him to be in Portland, Oregon forever. Uh, let's go look at games played and games missed for him. It's it's not his, – his health has not been great this year, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And so I want him to be there long-term and, and through the whole haul of this thing, and I don't need to rush him back to play the Pacers. Now, if he's ready, he's ready. He wants to play. He is a competitor on a level that we can't comprehend. But Nas is probably going to be out now. That injury looked pretty bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure we're going to get more information on that, but I'd imagine he's going to be out. Hart, I can't believe Hart is playing. Yeah, it didn't make any sense. Every game, he seems like he's got an injury that he needs to leave with, and he comes right back and plays. Jeremy's playing on two bad ankles. Um, Justice is not a scorer, so you can't look to him for that. Oh, he's filling in at the point guard for Damon distributing and playing some defense. And did quite literally the opposite of what he's done most of the year. He came out from the get-go and yeah, got it going in the first firing. quarter and got he kind of set the tempo for you and kept you around and then got you a big lead. I'll push back here on your point. The Shaden point, it's fair to say he is struggling. He scored 20 points. He's not been the same player the last six games. I'm sorry. Last night's on two people and two people only. Yusuf Nurkic, yeah. who this team gave $70 million no, to, 13-10, and 10, you can go, well, those numbers look fine. How many of those rebounds just fell in his lap? You didn't pay $70 million in moments of desperation for the guy to just do 13-10. and 10. He is bigger than Zubac. In some ways, he's he's got he's got the skill. Like, you should be getting 25 and 13 last night. Yep. That is a night you need to assert your dominance, assert your physicality, and you need to set the tone down low for your team. He's and never he going to do it. Did nothing but disappoint. I know. I'm not surprised by this. I just want to say, like, last night, who I'm pointing the finger at, yep. Yusuf Nurkic is right there. And the number two guy isn't even a player. I thought Chauncey got drastically outcoached, especially in the fourth quarter of this game. There is not a conceivable way in my brain that Trendon Watford is on the court at the end of that game <laughs> over Shaden Sharp. Why are we playing a dude who can't shoot and can't really get his own shot over the seventh overall pick in the draft who, yeah, who is struggling, but at least he offers a perimeter threat for Ant to give the ball to. There, there was nobody on that floor. For Anthony, outside of Ant, you didn't have a yeah, true Yeah, once Grant fouled ball. out. Yeah, once he was out. Once Grant was out, you had nobody on the court outside of Anthony Simons that could handle the rock and get his own shot or distribute. You just didn't. And Chauncey's out there like, I'm going to play Trendon Watford. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. No, you play Shaden Sharp in that spot. I don't care if you lose because guess what? You lost playing your way. He's the seventh overall pick. He can get a shot off. You play him over Trent and Watford all day. I thought Chauncey was really bad in the fourth quarter of that game last I night. I think it highlights the the weird in between that Portland is in right now. Where part I mean, you want to win, you want to be competitive, you want to win now, but also part of your mindset has to be developing. 
and getting better in the future. And it's it's really difficult to do both things at the same time because I think you're highlighting the win now move in Chauncey's mind was let's play Wadford. He's more experienced, it's more ridiculous. established. And I agree with you 100%. Shaden and Trinden is not a development versus win now thing. That is a who's the better player. It's Shaden who who offers you better options offensively. It's Shaden. Sure. That the the development and tanking or winning stuff goes out the window. That's just bad coaching. Yeah, and I I agree with you. Shaden Sharp has been he's he's on a really rough stretch right now, which he's gonna go through. He didn't play basketball last year. I, we were all excited with the start that he got off to, and I still think the sky's the limit for what that player is gonna turn into. But you're gonna go through your lumps, like when there's film on you and teams start attacking you on the defensive end, and you're not there with your communication and your rotations, and so there's gonna be some bumps in the road. And even if it was the thought of uh, of Chauncey where I think Watford gives us the better opportunity to win, which I agree with you that I disagree with the opinion. Uh, I still would rather see Shaden Sharp in those moments because the the ultimate most important thing for me this season is not where do you end up in the Western Conference playoff picture. You're not winning a championship this year. Everybody knows that you're not winning a championship this year. Getting Shaden Sharp minutes like that is incredibly vital, not to mention maybe it gives you a better chance to win that game, although he is an extreme liability on the defensive end of the floor right now. But I would much rather see the young rook play in crunch time minutes and get that experience that he can lean on later in the season and next year than not give him that opportunity because he's going through a rough patch. Nas might have broke his pelvic bone. He played more than Shaden. I mean, <laughs> come on, man. Like, yeah, he got 14 minutes last night for yeah. Shaden. Well, they got the Lakers tonight. It's a back-to-back, so we'll see how they respond against the Lakers, who are not a great team. And then you've got the Pacers on Sunday. So Yeah, I mean, I mean the ultimate lesson, too, the last week, where they, they found a way to win a couple of those games when Dame was out at first, and you're like, oh, my God, they beat Phoenix in Phoenix. How the hell did that happen? I mean, you need it back. If, if you yeah. want to be competitive and want to win at a high level, you need your best player back. And you're a pretty formidable team when he comes back. But without him, you need – Perfect nights from Anthony Simons and Jeremy Grant because you just you're not getting a lot of scoring elsewhere. Uh, I can't quit this guy. Who is it? I'll tell you next. On the- How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. All right, welcome back in. Brian Stoltz will join us. Rivals Auburn coming up at the bottom of the hour. Hugh Freeze hired yesterday. Press conference went down. Uh, I, I got to admit, I, I do have a reason, but I, I can't quit. I, I find different storylines in college football really interesting. Jimbo Fisher, for example, at Texas A&M. Wow, what's going on there? Fired his offense coordinator. Boy, oh boy, how many wins does that guy have to get next year to keep his job? Well, that's the thing is, I I think if that buyout was twenty million less, if it was oh, just be sixty gone. million, I think they'd yeah. eat it and say, "Get out of here, you're done, you're a disappointment." Yes, he would. But they're going to keep him because it's eighty million dollars to get him to leave, and they don't want to pay eighty million plus whatever it costs to get the next coach. Which thank God they don't. Sure, like I I shouldn't give them credit for that, but I am giving them credit for that because that's something that Texas A and M would do. No, oh, but these schools are dumb. I mean, Lane Kiffin signed a contract extension nine months ago, and he got another contract extension because Auburn was flirting with him. They happen quick, man. These schools these schools are run by morons and sycophants, and they deserve all of the financial ruin that they put themselves in. Mel Tucker at Michigan State went way under the radar of disappointment, but man, oh man, what's that going to be? He got a ninety five million dollar contract. And, Woo. Yikes. And our good friend down in Miami. Year one did not go well for the old Miami Hurricanes. It did not. They're not their season's done. They're not going to a bowl game. Well, actually, they're academically eligible. Oh, are they really? And they have bowl slots that aren't filled, so they need some five and seven teams <laughs> to do it. But there's no indication that Miami is willing to be the five and seven team that somehow, you know There's no way they're gonna have a roster that's intact enough to be able to play a bowl game because there's a there's already a mass exodus happening on that roster and they're gonna hit the transfer portal. They're gonna Boy. that'll be an overhaul of thirty to forty players. Even if he never coached a day at Oregon, but he was the same guy at a different program like Oregon and took that job, yeah. I would be fascinated by this story. We wouldn't quite have the personal anecdotes that we could add to it, but I would be too. Sure. I mean Absolutely insane workaholic dude takes dream job given eighty million dollars and falls flat on his face. It's one of the more, if not the most, disappointing season in Miami football history. Yeah, there's a lot of coaches around the country that showed you can win in year one. Brian Kelly did it at LSU. Uh, I know the ending wasn't great for Landing, but he won nine games in year one. Lincoln Riley speaks for itself at USC. There's a lot of first-year Kalen DeBoer at Washington, came out of nowhere and won ten games. A lot of programs that hired a first-year head coach and enjoyed a lot of success in year one. And he had the roster to win. Maybe not win on the Lincoln-Riley level, but he had a roster to be winning. And a lot of people down there said, we need to get to the ACC championship game year one. And it was a disaster. The ACC sucks, and they went 5-7. and seven. And I, they got housed by Pittsburgh. You mentioned it yesterday off the air. He had a press conference. He basically said, we're not going to talk about the future. We're not going to make promises. <laughs> and he ended the press conference saying, Miami will win a championship, which is just... <laughs> we're not making any big proclamations. There's no sidestep in the work. You just got to go do it. We're not tweeting. We're not having any big statements. We're going to win a championship. Come on, brother. 
Okay. And Mario Cristobal now goes through an offseason where if he doesn't win next year and there's six wins, I think they're going to kick around the idea of firing him. I think that's how bad this season was for him. Well, I would argue if you don't go to back, bowl games back-to-back years, you should probably fire him. Well, here was an anecdote from Miami in West Palm Beach, 106.3 ESPN. We caught wind of this. A few listeners said, I think you guys would enjoy this. And we did. And being one of the more interesting stories in college football in general of what's next, uh, take a listen to how the response has been in Miami for Mario year one and kind of what entailed into their last game. Well, we get in that meeting, right? The boss has come in. He goes, as far as the student section tonight, guys, expect less than 40. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and there were less than 40. Oh, there were, there were less 12. than 40 students there. Tyler Van Dyke was right the entire time. <laughs> Expect Saturday less night. than about 40 kids were not running the buses from campus. None of the kids signed up, and oh, like, they're still on Thanksgiving break. There were zero, count them, zero, <laughs> zero sign-ups for Miami students to get on the bus from campus and to come to the Canes pit game. Zero students. They didn't run a single bus from campus in Coral Gables to Hard Rock Stadium. That is incredible. (laughs) Canes fans, Mario Cristobal, the guy you spent just millions and millions of dollars on and a brand-new AD Mm. from Clemson with a booster who has millions at his disposal. And the year ends with, count them, Zero students signing up to get on the student bus to go from campus to Hard Rock Stadium. Zero. Yeah, so for those who don't know in Miami, it's it's a similar UCLA situation where the stadium is, far, is a decent amount of ways away minutes to an hour, from yeah. the campus. And so they have what they do is a, a bus system where you sign up during the week, you get your student ticket, and then you reserve a spot on the bus. And they give there's buses that shuttle you to and from the stadium because they want students to go to the game, and they have literally zero. Not a single student signed up. Not a single student. Not even student. one. That's shocking. Like, that's 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 hilarious, and it's shocking. There's not one student that's like a diehard Canes football fan that wanted to go to that game and rode on the bus by himself over to the stadium. <laughs> like, nobody else on there. Not a single one. That's impressive, man. Like, I understand why. You don't want to go to a game. Well, Warrior State went through this with Gary Anderson, and then they fired him. They go to Chad Hall. And, yeah, I don't blame any like, of them. Students man. didn't want to go. To, and they still got, like, they got waxed 400 <laughs> students to go to a game. I put that in perspective. Oregon State won one game in a season, and they had, like, 300 times more students go to one of their football <laughs> games than Miami could in a five and seven year. Things are not going great down there, man. That's a that's a rough way. When you have that level of apathy already one year into a hire, uh that that's a really bad sign. And it was hilarious because that was followed them not going to a bowl game, the this news of no students going, the weird end of the season press conference. And then last night he flips a kid from Michigan, like a four star edge rusher or something, and McCain's fans are right back in the middle of it. Yes, this is why we got Mario. And they're just, they haven't learned their lesson yet. He's going to be a really good recruiter. There will be better seasons ahead. I don't think he's going to miss a bowl game. I don't think they'll go five and seven. No, they're, like he's going to get enough talent there where they just win because the ACC sucks. And the only good program right now is Clemson. Florida State is flirting with it. But outside of that, the rest of the conference is horrible. And so he's just going to get his stumble his way into eight or nine wins. But the argument has always been, does he have the coaching chops to get you to where Miami wants to go? Miami doesn't want to go to bowl games. Manny Diaz could have taken them to bowl games. Man, my, they've had Manny a lot Diaz of, did take them to a bowl game. They've had a lot of coaches over the last 15 years that have taken them to bowl games and won eight, nine games, kind of had decent years here or there. They want to get back to where Miami was. And when you go five and seven and there's no students going to the last home game of the season, you're, you're a long ways away from there. I just can't quit him.
I and I I'm going to follow it next year, and we'll see how it goes. I don't have a lot of optimism. I think they'll be better, but they're going to run the same boring ass offense. Yeah, they want to fire Gaddis. Miami fans too are saying that they, the Gaddis firing should come out of Mario's wallet. They won't fire him. <laughs> they hired him out of Michigan. They're going to keep him for at least another year. And if that offense sucks again, then they'll probably fire him. But yeah. year one, not. Uh, what Mario was uh, imagining when he came home. All right, Daily Ticker is next. we got Statter Story at 815. Brian Stoltz covers Auburn. They hire Hugh Freeze. He writes from for uh, the Rivals website. What does he think of this hire and what Auburn can be with Hugh Freeze? That's next. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at tmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. In this wide world of sports, some stories can slip through the cracks. Now, before we do this, let's go over the ground rules. Pelican Brewing presents the Daily Ticker, where Dirt and Sprague visit with the insiders that are covering the stories you've heard about. And some you haven't. How'd you do that? Actually, I'm not even mad. It's amazing. The Daily Ticker with Dirt and Spray is brought to you by Pelican Brewing. Born at the Beach. All right, Daily Ticker time here on a Wednesday. Brought to you on the fan by Pelican Brewing Company. Born at the Beach online at pelicanbrewing.com. we got a lot of coaching carousel news going on the last couple of days. And the biggest one might be uh, what's been happening down in Auburn. For a while, it was going to be Lane Kiffin. Remember the random reports that Dan Lanning might be the next head coach at Auburn? Well, neither of those guys ended up being the answer. It ended up being Hugh Freeze from Liberty. He's back in the SEC. And joining us now to talk about that is our friend Brian Stoltz, staff writer for Auburn Rivals. Brian, good morning to you, man. I Hugh Freeze is the dude. How's everybody down there at Auburn feeling about it? I, I feel like uh, everyone, you know, that was against the against the hire, kind of changed their mind yesterday after press conference. I think uh, Hugh kind of won some people over, and I think he's a good fit. And uh, yeah, I think it's a good hire by Auburn. Hmm. Yeah, Brian, I, I'm curious, like. Where were the reports on the Lane train? That was one of the big ones last yeah. week. There was a local media member somewhere that was said, hey, Lane's taking his job, and then Lane trolled him a little bit. Was there really some smoke to that fire, or was this kind of Hugh Freeze the whole time? Well, I mean, apparently, according to John Cohen, the new athletic director, he was always the answer for him, uh, always on top of the list. Uh, you know, there was were some you know rumors about Lane Kiffin and uh, – but apparently he was never offered the job. Uh, so uh, apparently uh, it was uh, Hugh the whole time. So, um, 
you know, Lane is, you know, with uh, Jimmy Sexton being uh, both of their agents with Lane and Hugh, uh, maybe there was uh, a little uh, rumors being floated around to get it some contract extension that he signed yesterday with Ole Miss, and uh, that was a smart move by them. <laughs> yeah, having a little interest from another school, that's a great way to get an increased payday. He just got a payday, too. That's I know, crazy hey, thing. you always need the next payday. You're always looking ahead <laughs> to the next paycheck. Brian Stoltz is our guest. Uh, Auburn Rivals covers Auburn football. Uh, you mentioned you know, everybody was kind of swayed with the press conference from Hugh Freeze. So what was the opinion before the press conference? Was it more split? And what was it that he said yesterday that you think won a lot of the fans over? His transparency uh, and how uh, honest he is about you know his transgressions or uh, his problems in the past and his uh, mistakes in the past. I think uh, people saw that he's you know he's open about it. He's honest about it, and uh, um, you know he, he did make mistakes. Uh, I, I personally know Hugh uh, pretty well, uh, and you know he's been open with me about it, and. Uh, so, um, yeah, I think uh, people were, were worried about the DMs that he sent to that girl at Liberty uh, that was uh, part of that sexual assault uh, lawsuit against the school. Uh, but, um, yeah, I think uh, after all this blows over, uh, uh, he's going to win here and uh, people are going to forget some of that stuff and he's going to be a, a good hire. Well, Brian, what what is help us understand, because we know Auburn's got – they got money, and they're they're an SEC yeah. traditional school. Like, we, we think of the SEC, mm-hmm. Auburn's one of those schools. They've gone through it last couple of years. A lot of people didn't like the Harson hire, and they ended up being right on that. Um, what is reasonable to maybe expect from Auburn and Hugh Freeze? Uh, let's say the first two years. We just talked about Mario Cristobal, and he had an awful year one in Miami, and Jimbo's going through it at A&M. What's reasonable mm-hmm. expectation – for Hugh Freeze at Auburn the first two years of this thing? I think uh, getting to an SEC championship in the first few years. I mean, uh, with the transfer portal nowadays, you see what happened at LSU with Brian Kelly. I mean, uh, you can turn it in USC with uh, Lincoln Riley. You can turn around a program really, really quick nowadays. And uh, with the transfer portal and, uh, you know, uh, some players coming back for Auburn and uh, getting some recruits in, I, I, it's, a, it's a very talented uh, rich state in uh, Alabama this year and recruit. So uh, if he can uh, change some minds in the next two weeks before signing day and uh, get those guys on board, I think uh, in the next two years, I think uh, uh, going to Atlanta for the SEC championship is not out of the, out of the realm. Hmm. Is Robbie Ashford the answer for you guys at quarterback? He's a former duck. We have kind of fun watching him end up getting some playing mm-hmm. time this year. Is, is he the long-term answer you think, or is, are they going somewhere else? Well, I point toward what uh, Hugh did with uh, Malik Willis, who uh, was an Auburn guy and transferred to Liberty. I, you know, at first it didn't seem like Malik could uh, hit the broadside of a barn, but with his pass, but uh, he turned into a great quarterback uh, under Hugh and his system. I think Robbie Ashford is just like him. I mean, he can run. Uh, he showed in the Iron Bowl against Alabama that you know he does have some some throws in him, especially that pa- uh, touchdown pass to Javarius Johnson that was. Probably the best pass he's thrown all year. Hmm. And uh, if he can get more of that, if he can get some two leagues under uh, Hugh, uh, who you know has developed quarterbacks in the past, I think uh, he is the answer for Auburn. I think programs like Auburn, Brian, they always they always kind of lend themselves to certain narratives. And one of the big narratives, I think, Auburn, and they're not alone in this. There's a lot of programs, I think, fall into this definition. But one of the things with Auburn that I think a lot of people like me wonder is, Hugh Freeze might be able to successfully coach this program. He obviously did a great job at Liberty, and we know what he did at Ole Miss prior to the scandal. Mm-hmm. But is Auburn a school that has too many cooks in the kitchen? Is this a circumstance where 
They hired Harson, and then it blows up immediately. It doesn't go well. He's not there very long, and they're weary, and they spend a lot of money, and they want to win now, and if you don't win big, they're going to have something to say about it. Does Hugh Freeze have a little cachet and leeway here, or is Auburn kind of always going to be one of those programs where there's, just, there's going to be cooks in the kitchen, and from time to time they're going to sound off? Uh, well, I think the Harson thing was a real outlier, uh, personally. Um, you know, it, it was a disaster from the start with him, and, you know, after he, after the difference between the players and the coaching staff after, before he was when he was here and after he was gone was a hundred percent different. But yeah, you are right. Uh, there's a lot of infighting at Auburn. I think that happens at every school unless you're winning big like at Alabama <laughs> and Georgia. Uh, you know, uh, I just I, yeah, there's a lot of infighting. I mean, it's always going to be that way. It's, uh, I think you had some like uh, some leeway with this hire. Uh, I think Doug Cohen did a good job. He went through you know, uh, thorough and, you know, uh, deliberate search for the, this hire. And, uh, he found the, he, he found the right guy. And, you know, for a guy that was at, at, you know, John Cohen came from Mississippi state for him to hire an Ole Miss guy, you know, it must be something good. So, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, you're right. There are two be cooks in the kitchen at Auburn, but winning takes care of all of that. Yeah. That's the ultimate final answer. How, how, uh, how big of a move was it to keep Cadillac Williams on staff? That is huge. I mean, Cadillac's an Auburn legend. Uh, he was the heart of this team. This, I mean, the way he led this team the last four weeks of the season was unbelievable to watch. Uh, he he wears his heart on it. Just you know, he has an Auburn heart. I mean, uh, he's unbelievable. And you know, Hugh first thing he said yesterday was that was his top priority was keeping Cadillac on his staff. And he said, I, I, I was going to, I was ready to beg and plead for mm-hmm. Cadillac to stay on my staff because I want to work with him. I want to have him. I want him to, you know, help me bring the Auburn culture. And, uh, I thought, I thought, uh, it was great. I mean, even at the, uh, uh press conference yesterday, they, John Cohen mentioned uh, Cadillac, and he got a standing ovation. So that's mm-hmm. how much he means to Auburn. Well, all nice things need a Cadillac with it. Let me get you out here on this one, Brian. Uh, it's November, and so I'm going to do the thing that you probably don't want to do, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, okay. What What is Auburn's record next year? Why don't you tell us right now in November without knowing who half the roster might be and what Hugh Freeze's entire staff will look like. What will Auburn be next year, you think, in year one? I think eight and four. I think eight and four. They have – uh, they get Alabama and Georgia at home, along with uh, Mississippi State and Ole Miss, which is huge. Uh, they do have to go to LSU. Uh, the non-conference schedule isn't isn't that difficult. They go to Cal, which is uh, for the first time ever, I think. Uh, I'm guessing, yeah. They go out, uh, so they they go to Cal Berkeley, and uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that trip. But uh, uh, yeah, I think eight and four is uh, reasonable. I think uh, nine and three is possible. Uh, I think people would be very, very happy with that after the last few years, and uh, they can build on that. And uh, I think that's that's, uh, what you can do. All right, there you go. Brian Stoltz, good stuff. He's a staff writer. Auburn Rivals, give him a follow on Twitter, at Brian J. Stoltz. Thanks for the time this morning, man. I'm sure you've been busy the last couple days. We always appreciate the insight on Auburn football. Absolutely. Anytime, guys. There you go. Yeah, thank you. Brian Stoltz, good stuff from him on Auburn, hiring Hugh Freeze saying that uh, a little bit of backlash when the hire was originally made, but he won everybody over as every as a coach. I mean, I, I know the answer that some have not. Like Nick Sirianni is a famous example of not winning the opening press conference 
because he looked like he was crazy. And well, he couldn't talk. Couldn't I mean, talk. He was stuttering over himself. He had Adam Gase that was doing the weird eye thing. Like, he was like... Well, he know, was popping. That was clearly popping something. Just I mean, high as a kite. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, but outside of those two examples, I feel like everybody's won the introductory press conference. The Adam Gase press conference is probably the most underrated... Like, worst press conferences to ever exist. Are we ever going to get, like, the true answer of what happened there? Like, what was, there There was something. You no, Nobody normally just looks like that. I have enough family to speak to what I think <laughs> happened and what I know happened there. I think the other part of the Adam Gase thing is, I didn't know Adam Gase was bald. And so, like, when I saw him without, because Adam Gase is big hat guy, right? Most coaches are. But he was always in a hat. And when I saw him at the press conference, like, oh, he's really bald. And, oh. His eyes are looking everywhere like Why is he... one of my uncles. That's a little strange. Hmm. For those who don't know, too, by the way, he brought up the DM thing. Uh, so for those who don't know what happened there, he Hugh Freeze, that is, sent an unsolicited DM to a gal by the name of Chelsea Andrews, who was a former student athlete, I believe, at Liberty. And she had filed a lawsuit against... Liberty Athletic Director Ian McCaw, who I believe also came from Baylor. So this guy's got like he's the dirt uh, of great background, the dirt of dirt. Yeah. And he uh, not against my own name there. I hate that we use dirt that way. We need to change that. But he, so he sent an unsolicited DM. <laughs> Do you want dirt to mean something? I want else? dirt to mean good. To mean good, clean. I don't know. Why did you get the nickname? Did you do something good and clean? I was a good steward of the community. Okay. And uh, (laughs) so, but but he Hugh Freeze was not at Liberty when the lawsuit, like when whatever all that stuff went down with her and the athletic director and the Title IX matter and all that. He he just sent a DM to this gal trying to defend Ian McCaw, which is a really bad look because Ian McCaw is not a very easy guy to defend. But when I I know some people might hear DM, like is he sliding into the DMs of students after the stuff? with hookers like that was not the case he was for some stupid reason trying to defend the athletic director and sent her an unsolicited dm and that's what led to all the reports that came out then were denied that he had lost access to his social media account when he was hired at auburn so it's been an interesting couple of days the guy knows how to coach football but he he comes a little little bit of baggage and he is hired at uh, auburn i want to stick in college football and ask the question what happens if this happens, because boy, oh boy, would it be fun to debate. And uh, where would we go if this is to happen this weekend? I'm going to dive into that coming up next. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball. And baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, somebody texted in. Liberty doesn't have a great background in general. Did you see the Hulu doc about Jerry Falwell oh. Jr.? I have not watched it. I don't know if I want to, but I do know the story. Oh, the pool boy. The pool boy was the, porking his wife, and he was enjoying it. He loved it. He's a watcher. He's a watcher. <laughs> he's a watcher. He said that Auburn guy is gulping the Kool-Aid. Transparency oh. didn't freeze. Essentially say yesterday, let's just move on. There was, there was a little bit of I that. Mean, I mean, look, is Brian any different than... Most other recruiting-based website guys who cover a program, I'd, 
I don't really think it wasn't Jeff Tarpley bad. It was not quite Tarpley bad. He bordered on Tarpley territory, but not he quite did. Tarpley bad. He walked right to the Tarpley line. He said, guys, yeah. I'm going to cross over this line. And then he turned around and walked away. Uh, as we said, it's 1045 on the East Coast. And this guy sounds like he just woke up from celebrating Hugh Freeze hire all night. He did. He sounded a little groggy. He said he was friends with him to a certain extent. Yeah, and, they're out uh, partying. Hopefully not calling anything last night. Hugh Freeze needs to keep his his nose clean and his phone clean, and I think everything can be okay for Auburn. We'll see. Eight eight and four. It depends how they go eight and four. I think that's always the thing, right? Like you can say what you think the record will be. Like look at Oregon for an example of this. Shining, nine and three. Yes. I would have. You told me in August they go nine and three. I'm cool with that. You would have losses said, to Washington, Oregon State. Nope. No, especially in the fashion in which you lost. It comes yeah. down. You can't convert fourth downs. What have you? And yeah, you go at nine and three feels different than nine and three. You lose a last second game to Alabama and you finish your year eight. Year eight and four. You're that's a different eight and four yep. than you said going in. So there's always a grounds for a little difference there. They do. They play at Cal next year. They're going to wax Cal. I love how when an SEC team comes west, which n- never happens, they play Cal. Yeah. Like what? Because they want to play a program they think they can. I don't know. They want to win the game. Come to Corrales. That's like That would be like Chickens. a Pac-12 team going to SEC country and bragging about getting an SEC win, but they played Vanderbilt. We would we would do that. No, we would not, and I would not allow it. If Oregon State went to Vanderbilt and, and won, I would not them, allow would you to brag about that. Absolutely way. brag about. I it. would not allow. Maybe Vandy win five games this year. <laughs> not allow you yes, to. Brag. They did. Yeah, they missed a bowl game. Congratulations. Yeah, they got housed by. Uh, Congratulations, you beat Arizona State. Congratulations. They won at Kentucky. <laughs> when they, they were also ranked. beat Florida. Yeah. Kentucky ended the season six and six, I believe, and so did Florida. You know, you're, you're, Kentucky being ranked was an absolute joke. You're mis- let's not let's not go down that ranking road. Wasn't Kentucky in the dirty poll at one point? They were the preseason poll, yeah. No, they the were dirty poll. The the top in the 10, preseason dirty. Oh, the regular season. They might have showed up after two I or three they weeks. They were. Yeah. Vanderbilt beat a dirty poll team. And guess what? We win. revisit. <laughs> it's not. A, we're not doing this stupid thing again. <laughs> Do you remember? This Hawaii is a and dumb Vanderbilt? argument we had in yeah. August, and you morons thought beating Vanderbilt is a quality win. It's not a quality win. It's an SEC school. Is beating Colorado a quality win? Well, it's not the SEC. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> totally. That's the way it works, right? Come on. God. Dude, the the conference won't. You guys are idiots. The conference won't play anybody of substance. Yeah, that cracks me up. They're coming out to the West and playing at Cal. And there's, I mean, I guarantee you 40% of that crowd's going to be Auburn fans that are just going on a California vacation. Hey, let's go to Disneyland. Check out the Bay Area. All right, we'll go watch a football game. You guys want to go to San Francisco? How about the culture shock some of those people are going to experience? (laughs) Walking around Berkeley. War Eagle! Dad! (laughs) Dad, there's poop on the sidewalk. <laughs> uh, let me ask you this. I, I, sh- I meant to put this as a poll question, uh, but I forgot. Do we feel like you haven't been doing poll questions very often? I know. I, I'm weird with Twitter right now. You I don't know how much Twitter. it. I don't know. Does it impact anything? What do you mean? Like if I listeners, if I send out a, t- a show tease, does that get you to listen to the show the next morning? I've always wondered that. I like, don't. Does think that it does. have any bar- or no. do you see that tweet at eight thirty on a t- Tuesday night and say, "Oh, I gotta listen tomorrow"? Well, you, we've done headliners before, audio we clips have. from the show, and yeah. I've noticed you haven't doing those either. And no. I'm like, I. I would love to hear the story, and I'm glad you're just airing it out on the air because I haven't brought it up. I, I don't know how it. much of an impact it has. So if it has an impact, let me know, and I'll start doing them again. Twitter, I think, has far less of an impact. Yes, than you would think. That that was my thought as well. So I meant to. I thought about this though. Do we agree that Georgia and Michigan are in, in no matter what happens this weekend? Right? They lose. They're still in the playoff. They're oh, playoff. I don't know. If Michigan loses. Michigan to losing Purdue? would be very interesting. You think Michigan? Well, who would go in over Michigan? Are you going to put Ohio State in over Michigan? 
No, but there's I, no chance Michigan and Georgia are not. Georgia, this happened in Georgia last year. They were twelve and zero. They got whipped yeah. up on by Alabama in the SEC title game. Georgia's in. Definitely Georgia. Georgia's in. in. Michigan's in too. I think Michigan is in as well. But Swag's point, like I don't think it's Ohio State. I think the committee would do something dumb, like say Alabama goes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Two what, what, okay. what, what did you I call out put, about Alabama? When it comes to the committee in Alabama, <laughs> yeah. I don't put anything past. What them. stat did are you they bring the pool up? boy to Jerry Falwell? Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, but their yeah. combined losses were uh, by four points. But you're not. If you lose, Purdue's not. It's not like you've got a ten and two team ranked 16th that you're playing against. I mean, it's a four-loss Purdue team that's unranked. That's a little different. You're not wrong. What you're, would that conversation be like you're for not wrong. Falwell I, and God, by the way? <laughs> hey, whatever whatever knocks your socks off, buddy. Jerry, no, <laughs> what was going on there? <laughs> what were you thinking, man? Well, God, I'm a watcher. <laughs> You made me, you knew. People like watching birds. Why can't I watch that? You know. Well, that's not, no, that's not the same thing at all. Is T- TCU probably out if they lose? Yeah, TCU probably they out. Definitely Which want I, TCU I, I, I would like to state for the record, I strongly disagree with. TCU should be in no matter what. They finished the season 12-0. and They have the strongest strength of record of yeah, any team in the top four. better than Michigan outside of like, their win at Ohio State. better than Alabama. It's better than Alabama's. Yeah. It's better than Ohio State's. It's be- their strength of record is better than Michigan's. They played a uh, tough but They're out. Which is dumb, but okay. I, I tend to agree with committee you. committee hasn't bought them. They've, just, they've been the last undefeated team in the rankings every time. Do you remember when they held it to TCU, the first couple of them, they said TCU. The first ever playoff, they should have been in. They, yeah. well, no, no, they no. argued they should have been in. I, I'm talking about the, the, these, this season's Yeah, the first rankings. rankings, they're concerned about them always having to come from behind. And what's and all funny that. about that is like, since they said that Ohio State and Michigan had like three games where they were trailing and had to come from behind. Nothing matters. Nothing does. And matter. the point that I tried to make about Ohio State too is that if if that was TCU that lost in that fashion, they dropped to the, easily the back end of the top ten. Like if TCU had lost to a team of Michigan's caliber, got blown out on their home field, you're dropping them behind Alabama, Tennessee, probably Penn State, Oregon State. They still have a weird thing about Clemson that doesn't make it. Like Clemson is still somehow in the top ten. What are we doing? I don't know. Uh, but that yeah, that I digress. If USC loses, and we can get to this to start the final hour because we're already against it. Your stupid Vanderbilt talk distracted me. Uh, who go, who goes if USC loses? You put on your committee hat. Bama. Okay, is that who you want to go or who you think is going to go? That's who both. You would vote for Alabama well, to go over I had to State? Pick between a a turd and a a <laughs> fart. I'm I'm picking a fart, and Alabama's a fart. Ohio State's a turd. They're a turd. Dude, you cannot like. I'm just I'm tired of it, and I I think your point is valid on TCU. If they would have lost in the manner of Ohio State at home, they would have gotten punished. Ohio State dropped to five. That's an embarrassment. That That is entirely reliant on branding. You're doing branding to me now. You're not even doing football. Because football would tell you Ohio State was not that strong this year. They took care of their business. You know, give them credit for that. But again, as I mentioned, seven minutes to go in the, the Penn State game. They're tied. At 16, it wasn't like they were lighting it up. And by the way, they blew him out because of you had back-to-back turnovers. You had a fumble for a touchdown, yeah, and, a and you had a six. pick six for by J- JT Tuomalau. So, like, outside of that, Ohio State didn't impress me, and then they get to host their big rivalry game. I have to watch Urban Meyer's smug ass. Oh, it was 7-0 against Michigan. <laughs> yeah, and then you got absolutely annihilated by Michigan. That was an embarrassing performance. And if that was TCU, they would have dropped to, like, eighth. 
but it's Ohio State, and because they're Ohio State and they'll sell out and their their fans are sycophants and they'll watch everything, they're five. So I think if TCU loses or USC loses, I, I think it'll be Bama, but like Ohio State being five is dumb. It just is. Yeah, the the tough part is is there's just not a lot of other quality candidates this year. Like that there's not it's not a year where everybody has shot themselves in the foot, which some of the teams I'm happy they shot themselves in the foot. Some of them it's like this there would be a lot more drama this week. So I was seventy five percent right about my take. Yeah. It was a wild year in college football. It was a wild year and, in college football. It's a yeah. hard thing to predict who the four teams will be. Georgia's just which, to your credit, it's the one thing that didn't go. Uh, 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 well, we'll a, see. Maybe Michigan beats him. I don't know. I, I'm not going to pick him to beat him, but I, I maybe this is the year. Maybe you yeah, see. Right. The problem is none of the teams that are in on the other side of those conference championships are are caliber that project can jump up. with an upset win, leapfrogging all these. Yeah, it's not going to happen. Utah's a three loss team. Utah you mentioned can't, Purdue, LSU, can't. North Carolina sucks in the ACC. Like, Kansas State can't. That what they As have three, three losses. Lo- they're a three loss yeah. team, yeah. Nine so none three. of those teams in the conference championship games with the win can leapfrog. LSU was the one candidate, and then they lost yeah, and A&M they this weekend. A&M did and- you did you see the back end of the top twenty five? You see what team is in there at twenty four? <laughs> Notre Dame's still in. I know. So is Texas. Yeah, Texas is in there, and they added a not ranked team last week, who's eight and four, by the way. Who's in there? Team that Alabama beat, Mississippi State. <laughs> so I'm just saying. They won the Egg Bowl, baby. Oh, yeah, you beat the Egg Bowl. You beat a, and by the way, Ole Miss got, like, the next receiving votes. And I'm like, are you kidding me? The next just... So who should go? I want to ask that question. Also, it is funny because usually we root for something that happened in college football. But if it happens this year, it's going to benefit the teams we don't want it to benefit. And I want to go there. We'll get to Statter's story at 8.15. Some NFL notes at the bottom of the hour, uh, including a flexing of Sunday Night Football that we're all excited about. Loaded final hour. Don't go anywhere. Dirt and Sprague. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. 
Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of colors starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.